opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Communications, staff, management, or advertisers. Beg of you, you need to stand against the evil that's plaguing our nation. If you don't like abortion, don't have one. The only thing that can be said to be objective truth is that there is no objective truth. Like, you kill a baby fetus the same thing as killing any old inanimate object. I would argue that we certainly are not all created equal. Mark is training a new generation of leaders. You, 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 you young people, it's your movement now. It's not your parents anymore. The blood that is shed cries out to God from the ground for justice. And now, here's Mark. So how should Christians respond to the COVID-19 crisis? That's what we're going to be talking about today on the Mark Harrington Show with yours truly, your radio activist and voice of resistance, Mark Harrington. You can find out more about our radio program by going to markharrington.org. That's markharrington.org. And also, I am the president of Created Equal, the organization that raises up the next generation of leaders. We go to high school and college campuses all over the country debating abortion. And uh, like many of us, we've had to pivot during this time because the colleges are closed, the high schools are closed because of COVID-19. But that does not stop the mission of Created Equal, and we're continuing to do what we can to defend the unborn. So we're going to be talking about COVID-19, and I've been discussing this over the last couple of weeks because, you know, what else is there going on in America right now? This is the big thing that we are facing. And Christians are trying to navigate these difficult waters. You know, it, it seems to be we're, we're on one straight extreme or the other. And uh, we're going to try to discern the right way forward today. Because what we're seeing across America now that uh, there's this uh, attempt to begin to open the economy like the economy is ever really closed entirely or open the country, which really the country never totally shut down. But having said that, there are protests, there are you know states and governors deciding to open up their economy again. And we want to talk about this today with my good friend, Scott Klusendorf. And Scott's the president of Life Training Institute. And he recently, uh, his, his article, his piece was published in the Christian Research Institute entitled COVID-19, Do Pro-Life Principles Require a Sustained Shutdown of the Economy? Who decides? Scott, thanks for being on the program today. Great to be with you, Mark. Listen, I mean, I, I saw this, uh, the article that you uh, that you wrote here on the Christian Research Journal, and um, obviously very impressed. I think it's a very scholarly piece dealing with this. I don't think a lot of Christians are even thinking in these terms. Uh, but what I'd like to do is there's several uh, questions that you answer in this that I think are really key to Christians understanding what we should be doing during these times. And uh, let me start out. I just want to quote, and you quote Russell Moore in your piece here, and I think it's uh, instructive on how we can go about discussing this today. And you basically, Russell Moore, of course, is the, um, he's with the Ethics and Religious uh, Liberty Council, 
and he was published in the New York Times. And he basically said that Christians need to virtually abandon any consideration of opening up the economy and remain sheltered in place. He says, and I quote, each human life is more significant than a trillion dollar gross national product. Stocks and bonds are important, yes, but human beings are created in the image of God. Again, that's Russell Moore of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Council. And so I want to start out and just ask you, uh, uh, Scott, in this, you know, this piece that you uh, got published here at the Christian Research Journal, it sounds like what Moore is saying that we've had, we have this dichotomy or this false choice between preserving life and opening the economy or, you know, continuing to, you know, give people jobs and, and, and helping businesses have, uh, you know, get back to work. Is there such a thing or can Christians, can we, is it a false choice? I guess is the question. Cause it sounds like to me, what he's saying is we have to err on the side of life, quote unquote, which means that we need to keep the uh, economy shut down. Yeah. His response poisons the well. Uh, because it presents a false choice. Look, pro-lifers who are concerned about the economy are not so heartless that we're going to throw granny under the bus to save our, our stock market options. Uh, that's just silly, and it poisons the well. Rather, what we're saying as pro-lifers is this. Given the pandemic we've been dealt, what is the best way to go to save the most number of lives? Is it to remain shut down in place or is it to go ahead and open the economy and allow for people to get back to work, thus promoting the general good in a better way? That's really what we're arguing. We're not putting profits above lives. We're asking how can we save lives given the pandemic we've been dealt. My guest is Scott Klusendorf. He's the president of Life Training Institute, and you can find out more about his work by going to prolifetraining.org. And he was uh, recently published in the Christian Research Journal. And you can find that article by going to my social media platforms. I have a link there. Or you can simply go to equip.org. That's equip.org. Uh, you know, Scott, it, it seems to me that where I'm standing anyway, that a lot of Christians think that uh, opening up the economy is, you know, we're, we're hardly even talking about that. Uh, and however, there are protests starting to mount across the country. Uh, people saying, no, I think we need to be opening the economy. And in your own home state there in Georgia, as you well know, your governor, Brian Kemp, has plans to reopen the uh, the economy, at least some of the non-essential uh, businesses, at least they were considered non-essential at some point, like gyms and barbershops and those kinds of things. And yesterday at uh, President Trump's daily press conference, he said he strongly disagrees with your governor. How do you see it? I mean, you're a resident there in, uh, in, in, uh, in Georgia. How do you see it? Well, I hope the governor succeeds in opening up uh, as much of the state as he can. And I'm disappointed the president threw the governor under the bus. Yeah. Uh, I think overall the president's done a good job. 
uh, leading this nation. So don't take that as a, a, a general critique. But in this case, I think he missed the point. And here's the point I think a lot of Christians miss. And I think it's a point that our president missed. There is a principle in philosophy known as the precautionary principle. And it goes like this, Mark. We should always aim to reduce a catastrophic event and get the reduction of that possibility as close to zero as possible. So in this case, with a, a virus uh, that can develop into COVID-19, that can put lots of people at risk, and if you get it and you happen to have underlying medical conditions and you happen to be elderly, this can be a devastating uh, illness to have. And so the precautionary principle would say we ought to do all we can to limit that catastrophic result from happening. And shelter in place uh, guidelines certainly are consistent with that principle. But the precautionary principle points more than one way. It also points to the fact that if we shut down the economy, you also lose lives. You have increased suicides. You have right. increased uh, loss of life longevity due to unemployment, things I document in, in my article. You have drug addictions that go up. Uh, you have poverty worldwide that goes up because economies are shut down. This too is a, a catastrophic result. We ought to aim to minimize and get as close to zero as possible. So a Christian who looks at this and says, listen, I'm pro-life, uh, is not necessarily inconsistent with his pro-life principles to say we need to talk about opening up the economy. You are not, when you make that suggestion, wrongly choosing profits over lives. You're asking the question, how can we best promote human flourishing, best promote the common good, and best save lives given this pandemic we've been dealt? My guest again, Scott Klusendorf with Pro-Life uh, Training. He's uh, the uh, president of Life Institute or Life Training Institute. And you can find out more by going to ProLifeTraining.org. And we're talking actually, about Mark, this. Just one quick correction. That's actually ProLifeTraining.com. Dot com. Sorry. Well, yeah, I no shouldn't know that. I've only known you for 30 years. No, so. that's all. It's a small thing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a small thing. Exactly. Uh, so he, yeah, he's published in the uh, in the Christian Research Journal on this piece here, talking about whether a sustained shutdown of the economy uh, follows our pro-life principles. And I really exhort everybody listening to this program to read this piece. It's on my social media platforms. Uh, I think you'll be challenged by it. We're not hearing a whole lot of this side of it, and I think it's important that we do. Uh, one thing in the piece that I think is very challenging, Scott, is, you know, when this whole thing broke, you know, in January, February, March, whatever, all these months now, we have Dr. Fauci and Dr. Birch, and we have our own here in, in our state of Ohio, we have Dr. Acton, and they're the experts, right, supposedly. And, you know, for the most part, I, you know, I say, listen, they, they've done as good a job as you can imagine in trying to navigate these uncharted waters. I mean, we've never been down this road with, with this type of a, a, a virus and, and pandemic. But what you bring up in this piece, I think is really challenging to us. And that is, and I wanna ask you this question, do doctors have a corner on how we structure society uh, during this, this pandemic or 
can we listen to other voices? Because I think what we're finding is we listen to the doctors and we just follow and we're not, we're not thinking about the implications that these, uh, the positions that they're taking might have in the overall scheme of things uh, in, in the country. And I think that that's a very challenging thought because obviously we should be listening to our experts. Well, you're exactly right, Mark. Doctors absolutely have the authority to tell us how a disease works on the human body and what treatments are best for treating the human body against that disease. Uh, I'm not one of those who says, listen, uh, doctors, uh, we shouldn't even be listening to them. They're, they're overreaching. Well, they may be overreaching, but they still are a valuable voice in this discussion. And we'd be in a world of hurt without them. So let's not be too quick to throw the doctors under the bus, but you are absolutely right there are limits to what they can bring to this discussion. There are philosophical questions that go beyond a doctor's ability to give expert advice. And telling us what we should do with the economy is one of the areas where they go way beyond their field of expertise. Look, a physician would never allow an experimental treatment for uh, some disease, if it hadn't been tested for a number of years, in some cases tested for decades before they will accept it as a safe alternative to treating a disease. And yet doctors with no experience in philosophy, no experience in economics, are then telling the nation you have to adopt draconian economic policies that put millions of lives at risk. And these doctors are overreaching. They do not have the authority, the academic right. credentials to make such a claim. And the reason why it sounds plausible to so many Americans, Mark, is that our culture has bought a worldview known as scientism. Scientism basically says that the only truth that counts objectively is science. Everything else is mere personal opinion. If you can't taste it, feel it, see it, hear it, or touch it, it's not real. The only thing that counts is science. Now, of course, that's not science. That's actually philosophy masquerading as science, because what scientism is really doing is putting a worldview in play. And that worldview is the only thing counts is the hard sciences. So it's very uh, easy to understand why so many of our fellow citizens would say, well, just listen to the doctors. They know best. Well, they exactly. do know best about treating disease. They do know best about how to cure its impact on the body. They do not know best, or I should say, they don't have any more authority than anybody else about what we ought to do in terms of structuring society in the face of a pandemic. You know, having said that, Scott, there are a lot of experts that don't agree with the experts that you're seeing on TV, like Dr. Fauci and Dr. Right. Burks. There are a lot on the other side saying this whole stay at home thing, the shelter in place is actually fueling the or, or at least at least not doing what they said it was going to do and and causing more problems. Where do you stand on that? I know you're not a you're not a medical doctor or expert on, yeah. on medicine and all that. But I kind of, you know, I, I look at this and we say, you know, we're, we're locking down the country and not leaving our homes. We shut down all these businesses. Uh, there are a lot of other experts, medical people, too, that say that was the wrong move. Well, you're absolutely right. I'm not qualified to comment on how the disease spreads. 
but I'm as qualified as anybody else to give my take on what we do in terms of structuring society. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, there have been some disastrous results that have happened, and I outline them in the article, uh, as a result of these shutdowns. I mean, Delta Airlines slashing 85% of its capacity as of right, right now, 33,000 employees in my hometown with the world's biggest airline on unpaid leave due to this. Uh, then you look around the country and you look at the estimates coming from the Federal Reserve Bank in St. Louis, and they are estimating we might be looking at 40, or excuse me, 47 million unemployed Americans. Now, Dr. Fauci says, well, that's an inconvenience. We just have to <laughs> accept it. Uh, excuse me, that's not an inconvenience. That is an unmitigated disaster that has dramatic and negative impact on human life. And that's where I think doctors get tunnel vision. They tend to look at things strictly through the narrow lens of their own profession, and they lack the intellectual tools to look at this in a broader perspective. And that's why in the argue or in the article, I argue that we need to have voices beyond the hard sciences weighing in on how we respond to this pandemic. My guest is Scott Klusendorf. You can go to ProLifeTraining.com, ProLifeTraining.com to find out more. He's the president of Life Training Institute and has published this article in the uh, Christian Research Journal about the implications of a continued lockdown on human life. Scott, I want you to comment on the so-called protesters, if you want to call them that, uh, that are, you know, raising their voices at state houses around the country. Uh, this Saturday, we have a large protest here in Ohio. And these are people that are unemployed. They're losing their businesses, and they're coming out and saying they want the economy opened back up. Mm -hmm. They want their jobs back. Right. And what I find is, you know, you get the mostly the mainstream media crashing them and, and I'm telling them, you know, that they need to follow the experts. Uh, these aren't just protesters. These are basically good, you know, hardworking Americans who just want to get back to work. Where do you stand on all of that? Well, again, my article doesn't deal with religious liberty aspect of it or First Amendment aspect of this, though it's an important part of it. In my piece, I'm strictly dealing with two questions. Do doctors have primacy in setting public policy in right. the face of a pandemic? And do we violate pro-life principles for arguing uh, that we need to open up the economy? But since you asked, uh, I'm with the protesters who want to go back to work. Look, it's real easy for people who are still getting paychecks from the government or right. who are in academia or who are in the media. They're getting paid. It's easy for them to sanctimoniously critique people who are wondering how they're going to feed their families tomorrow. And uh, quite frankly, uh, I understand where these people are coming from, and uh, I get why they're there. They're not bad people. They yeah. just want to eat. Exactly. And, you know, the, for the most part, and I haven't seen any reports otherwise, these are basically civil demonstrations. They're expressing their free speech rights. Uh, you know, they're petitioning their government. I mean, That's this exactly is how we right. go about it. You know, this That's is what we're right. supposed to do in America if we disagree. You might now, disagree with their position. But right now, as, as far as I can tell, they're behaving themselves pretty well, despite some of the pretty harsh measures that some of these states have and other law enforcement have brought upon law-abiding citizens. 
Yeah, you're right. And there's actually a Christian critique of those protesters, which I think is quite bogus. And it basically tries to oversimplify things by saying, well, the Bible tells us we have to submit to authority that, uh, you know, we're to respect the sovereign rulers God puts in place. Well, the problem with that is in a constitutional republic like ours, we the people are the sovereign. We are. We are. protest. We are participating in our government. We're not being unbiblical in that we're rejecting authority. And I think all Christians would agree that we ought to uh, respect those God has put in place. But in a constitutional republic, we play a role in this. We are not passive subjects who wait from edicts from the king. We are participants in our own government, which is why we need to vote. That's why we need to do what we can to limit the evil of abortion politically. We have to do those things because we are the sovereign, according to our nation's uh, founding documents. Amen, amen. And I've been supporting them as well uh, because, I, you know, I, I think of, there's so many unknowns here. And I think we can open the economy, so to speak, and do it in a measured way which is what I think the president's attempting to do, and many of these governors are. They are. you got to feel for these folks who have lost their jobs, and a lot of them just lost, but their businesses, these are their livelihoods. They've spent, some of them, their entire lives building these small companies and these small businesses, and some of them may never open up again unless we get back to work. That's exactly right. And if we really care about the poor, uh, Mark, yeah. We're going to do more than just have a heart for the poor. We need to do what J. Wesley Richards recommends. We need to have a mind for the poor. We have to actually want to do what will help them. And uh, lifting people out of poverty is a direct result of a market economy. When we have the economy doing well, And when that market economy is undergirded by the rule of law and moral principle, nothing does a better job of enhancing life's longevity, preserving human lives, and lifting people out of poverty. So as a Christian, I'm not callous because I want to get the economy going again. I realize that's the best formula for helping the poor and the vulnerable, and for people like Russell Moore and others to create this false dichotomy and demonize anybody who thinks the economy is important, I find it shameful, quite frankly. Well, and I'm with you on that. And you know, I've been really silent about the uh, the spending that's been going on in Washington D.C. And I don't want to go down this this uh, path necessarily, but I'm starting to raise my voice and say, you know, we've already spent what is it, almost three trillion dollars. Uh, some of it to small businesses, I. That's fine. But they're talking about a fourth phase now. And I'm starting to think myself, uh, I think the, uh, the so-called cure is going to be worse than the disease. We are now uh, really entering into uncharted territory. We have never, ever kind of, we've never seen this kind of bailout, if you want to call it, uh, in, in, our, in the history of our country. And the best way to get uh, us back is to start giving people <laughs> to get them back to work. Yeah. Uh, uh, you, you mentioned in your article here, Scott, you know, the, the, these are the unknowns. See, we're not t- thinking about the economy uh, being shut down and how that might increase the rates of suicide or poverty, gambling, uh, depression, mental illness, Elective surgeries. I mean, there have been people that are waiting for surgeries that you might say, 
you know, you could call them elective, but certainly they aren't to them. But we're allowing for abortions. Yeah. Uh, if and you would, we got about a we got about a minute left. If you would just kind of put a capstone on this. Uh, these are the things that are kind of the unknowns that we're starting to see now. The real costs of these shutdowns. Oh no, no doubt about it. People can't get uh, surgeries they need to extend their lives. Uh, as of the yesterday, the New York Times is now finally admitting that the shutdown of the economy could cost us millions in lost lives. And that, uh, you know, we need to take a look at that. So everybody listening to us today, they can now rest easy if they want to open the economy because the New York Times now gives you its blessing. But I think the biblical worldview is, is much more helpful here. And that is this, that when we participate in our own government, when we participate in a market economy, we're not being selfish and greedy. We are helping not only ourselves pursue intrinsic goods like feeding our families, like caring for our children, loving our neighbors through charity. We're also helping lift the poor out of desperate situations. And uh, that's what it means to be a Christian. Do what has a mind for the poor, not what merely has a heart for the poor. My guest today, again, has been Scott Klusendorf. He's the president of Life Training Institute, and you can find out more about Scott and his work in training up uh, young people to articulate a pro-life position by going to prolifetraining.com. And you can also check out his article on the Christian Research Journal uh, by going to equip.org or go to any one of my social media platforms have a link to Scott's uh, article there. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America, to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to become a witness against the evil, evil. plague in America, call Created Equal at 614-269-7808. That's 614-269-7808. Or go online to createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to The Mark Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.